This episode is brought to you by Studio, a Swedish headphone company that is revolutionizing headphones. They are offering our listeners a 15% discount when you use the code SOMOSPADRES on their website. Stay tuned to hear more details about them later in the episode. The important thing to remember about the Enneagram is that it's not intended to put a person in a box. It's intended to say you actually are all of these things. Uh-huh. And by becoming aware of the, the area you get stuck in, you can really enjoy the sort of what's, what's really beautiful and wonderful about all nine aspects of the human soul. Welcome to Somos Padres, a space dedicated to all things parenting, relationships, and life. We are your hosts, Paulo and Yesenia. Thanks for joining us as we reflect on our parenting experiences, share information, and lift up the voices of other padres. Hey, everybody. Today's episode, we're actually going to talk about the Enneagram. Uh, and as it happens, I first heard about the Enneagram actually from other thought leaders, spiritual leaders. I had been listening to a few podcasts for Rob Bell, um, and I had heard him talk about the, the Enneagram and the different types, their numbers, and I had also listened to Richard Rohr talk about them. And these are people that I respect in, in, um, in the spiritual arena. And I was like, I wonder what this is about. And then it happens that in my professional day life, I come across today's guests and uh, we go to a lot of the same meetings. And so we just started chatting one day and we're talking and she starts talking about the Enneagram. And it just turns out that she is an expert in it. And as soon as um, at some point in our conversation, I was like, oh my God, Um, my husband and I, we have to take this Enneagram test and then you have got to come on the podcast and we have to talk about it uh, because I think it's so fascinating and interesting. So without further ado, here is our interview with one of my friends, Barb Andrade Dubransky on the Enneagram. Hello, everybody, and we're here today with Barbara Andrade Dubransky, who is here with us today. She is in early child development policy and advocacy. That is her day job. That's what she does in the daytime. But today she's here to share with us her knowledge of the Enneagram. Now, I'm sure you're listening and you're going, oh, my God, what is the Enneagram? And don't worry, we're going to get to that. But first, we want to learn a little bit about Barbara. Lovingly called Barb. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, Barbara, Barb, how, how do you want me to call you? Whichever one you like best. Barb. <laughs> Barb, um, can you share with our listeners a little bit before we get started, uh, a little bit about yourself and what it was like for you growing up, how you were parented, just to give us a little context about who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I grew up on the central coast of California and, mm. um, in, I grew up in a mixed family, or a blended family, I think we're called, where my, my dad had two children, and my mom had one, and they got married and had me. Uh-huh. And they were both teen parents, not with each other, with uh-huh. other people. Right. Um, and they, you know, came from families where that were pretty traditional, you know, my dad um, from a traditional Mexican family, my mom from a very mixed family, um, Native American, Mexican family. Um, 
Portuguese mixed family. Yeah. Yeah. And there they were, they, you know, they had the ideas about parenting that people had just what had happened in your childhood. There wasn't a sense back then of actually studying parenting or finding, right? right? Well, who had the time? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, there was a lot of chaos in my family because of what those three children, particularly my dad's children, had experienced before my parents got married. Um, They'd experienced some some trauma with their birth mom before my dad got custody of them. And there was just a lot of turmoil about who's really my parent and and who is who cares about who and and it was sometimes hard for my siblings that I had both my parents but and there was honestly a lot of um pretty significant physical pun- punishment yeah. you know what I mean yeah. um mostly with my mom my dad is kind of a, a peaceful type but uh, my mom just had I think a lot of stress from mm-hmm. raising you know uh, becoming a teen mom and then it, and then kind of inheriting two children that were struggling a bit. Um, and just these were the tools she had yeah. were just to use, you know, kind of aggression and control mm-hmm. and, you know, to, to manage a household. Yeah. So how did you get into the Enneagram? Yeah. So um, oh, it's been almost, it's been about 18 years a coworker had eighteen years. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, Barb! That's when I first learned about it. Yeah. Um, about eighteen years ago, a coworker had um, a, a friend who was writing a PhD on the Enneagram, a PhD in psychology, and they needed people to take the test to contribute to his research. Wow! <clears throat> so she, I was one of the people she gave the test to, and I was just fascinated with the idea of it. So I, I started reading then. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until, so that was about 2000. And oh. then it wasn't until about 2008 or mm-hmm. 9, uh-huh. 2008, my husband became very ill. He almost died. He got better. He went to City of Hope for a couple months and he got better. And there was this time after he kind of came out of it where there was this like taking stock of, what do I really care about? What am mm-hmm. I interested in? And this came up as one of the things. And at that time, I decided to go, um, I think I went about three or four times to New York to be trained uh, by Russ Hudson and Don Riso on mm-hmm. the Enneagram. Wow. So you went to New York? Yeah, I went to New York for uh, about a week and a half, I think three or four times. Each. Okay. Yeah, it was a pretty long training and I adored it. I loved it. So, but were they like the ones that really created it? Well, they're not the creators. Um, I mean, there's a history of the Enneagram that goes back beyond the construct of personality. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a mathematical symbol that Pythagoras created. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of been used to look at a lot of different kind of trends in, in uh, you know, like human cycles, okay. which I can't speak to very well, although uh-huh. Russ Hudson does a great training on that. Um, and then there were a couple of theorists over the years um, who began to integrate it into psychological theory or integrate psych- psychological theory into the Enneagram and cr- to kind of uh, identify these nine aspects of the human soul. And then to identify beyond that, that people tend to kind of get stuck in one aspect of the human soul. Um, and it's both their gift and it can be their challenge. So and it's the important thing to remember about the Enneagram is that it's not intended to put a person in a box. It's intended mm-hmm. to say you actually are all of these things. Uh-huh. And by becoming aware of the, the area you get stuck in, you can really enjoy 
the sort of what's what's really beautiful and wonderful about all nine aspects of the human soul. So wow. we all have a little bit of each. Absolutely. We should. Well, we all yes. have it, but we maybe we're just blocked from. I don't know, really accessing that part of our personality, I guess. Exactly. Okay. It might be, it's certainly certain types of fears or um, uh, other kind of blocked emotions that kind of keep us from connecting with that aspect of our soul. Okay, so would you say, well, I guess going back a little bit to this idea of what is the Enneagram, so is it is it a personality test? But, I don't know, a way A construct. Of construct? Yeah, to think about... Um, Personality that t- tends to be the door that people walk through because we That's like what gets us. Yeah. Oh, people... I want to know what personality type I am. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then when you get in, you you realize that there is more to take away from it in terms of just becoming self-aware. A lot of personality constructs, if you if you look at them, they give you kind of innocuous information about mm-hmm. yourself, sort of things that are not either good nor bad. They're kind of just generic mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or um, maybe objective is maybe mm-hmm. the right word. Mm-hmm. When you read about the Enneagram, a lot of people, it, it hurts because you, you're going to get pointed out to the things that you feel, the motivations you have, and to some extent, the things you do that you don't feel the best about. The things that you probably a lot throughout a lot of your life have been kind of hard on yourself about mm-hmm. and have tried to change or have tried to avoid, but you could, there's this unconscious driver. And Becoming aware of it is painful, but then what it does is it opens up an ability to make some more, make some choices. Also, really importantly, to have compassion for yourself. Instead of say, I really don't like this about myself. I don't like that this book is telling me this. You know, one of my friends says, if you read about all the types, the one that bothers you the most, that's probably the one you are. (laughs) (laughs) Forget the 140 questions. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Read it all and that's that's yours. Yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, having compassion for yourself opens up, opens up so much. Mm-hmm. It opens up um, the ability to have different types of experiences, to see things in different ways, mm-hmm. um, and to hopefully access aspects of your being that you kind of, um, you know, that are better suited to the situation you are in, that make you feel more grounded in how you're, how you're being in the world the way you are in the world. Yeah. And I notice that you keep saying, like, the aspects of your soul. So, um, and I, I don't think you've mentioned it yet, but it's, it's also like a spiritual, it's connected to spirituality, the Enneagram, right? Yes. And how did it come to be? Yeah. Well, it's, it, they can link, um, back to the, the major monotheistic religions. So the, the, um, the mystical traditions mm-hmm. within each of those. So mm-hmm. you have your Kabbalah and the Jewish, um, you have your, um, Sufi, and the Muslim tradition, and you have Christian mystics. Mm -hmm. And each of them, to some extent, had touched on these aspects of the soul in some way. So in in some ways, those who've written on the Enneagram of personality have brought that all together. I really Mm -hmm. like that about it because it it kind of, it goes to the level of agreement between all of those religions. It doesn't go past the Mm -hmm. levels of agreement, which to me really signals a feeling of uh, that we found something true mm-hmm. you know that people all over the world have come to some similar conclusions and it, and it really makes you feel like you've touched on a really important truth so it does link um psychology to spirituality and there's a a great quote that i'm not going to get right that they have about how you know psychology without spirituality is i think the, one of the words is arid and then spirituality without psychology 
really can lead you to a, a place of kind of vanity where you're you're not really living in truth. It's this idea about who you want to be mm-hmm. spiritually or what you think you are. Mm-hmm. And that they two kind of ground each other and complement each other. And alone, wow. they're less powerful. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's really the first time I've seen like that connection. Because I mean, I will say that um, I know we have our background, more probably our professional backgrounds are more leaning towards the psychology aspect of things. Mm-hmm. But we don't link the spiritual to our work um, necessarily or the work um, it doesn't get linked psychology and spirituality so that's really really lovely so the nine so there's nine personality types how do you figure out which one you are well there's multiple ways different theorists in the enneagram have posited different ways to get to this so there's the narrative tradition where they just believe in reading and maybe talking to other people and maybe working with someone who knows the Enneagram and they'll ask you questions and kind of draw it out and really encourage you to take as much time as you need to come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, Riso and Hudson also agree with taking your time. You know, mm-hmm. take, don't, you don't have to be in a hurry to get to the answer. You know, it's a journey. But they did create this test and I'm partial to this test because it's gone through psychometric study. So... <laughs> So it feels like it's a little bit more, you know, it's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's really been tested. Uh So they created the test for people who kind of want to get to it a little faster, Uh but they would still say, take the test and sit with it. You know, don't go, okay, I've got it. That's my type. I'm Mm -hmm. done. Um, because it's just a matter sometimes of where you are Mm -hmm. and what you're aware of at this time. And once you read, you begin to read, it really helps you to become aware of things that you weren't aware of before. So, um, I know that, I'm kind of jumping or going back to an initial question, but um, you went and you had a uh, training where you learned about this with them, Mm -hmm. with the authors of this book. And then what happened? Because there's still a whole gap in like how how much work. I know you've been doing a lot of work on yourself through this. Mm -hmm. So um, if you could maybe give us a little just of that too, because I know we started going in other directions and we lost track of that. (laughs) Sure. So... Well, a couple of things. Um, one, when you go through the Enneagram training, this is, I think, a common occurrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, the students will say, okay, I've gone through this training. You've revealed all of these different things to me. Because it's also, there are um, exercises. You're not just mm-hmm. listening to somebody mm-hmm. lecture. There's mm-hmm. a lot of exercise, a lot of deep work. One of my favorite aspects, mm-hmm. which I've talked to you about, Yesenia, was yeah. holotropic breath work. Oh, my gosh. Life-changing. So you go through all of this, and then at the end, there's this. They say it's pretty common. The students will say, "Well, am I, what am I supposed to do with this now? Like I'm done with this training. I I, I need help. I need help." <laughs> you like broke me down. Yeah, exactly. well, like, I have all this knowledge yeah. now. What do I do with it? How yeah. Exactly. Where forward? do I go from yeah. here? What's the next step? <laughs> exactly. Um, so for them, these um, teachers, they are part of a of a a path, I don't know if you want to call it a path um, of teaching called Diamond Approach. And the Diamond Approach utilizes the Enneagram as a, as a basic tool, but it goes much beyond that. And it's really a path of inquiry. Um, meditation is part of it, but inquiry to continue to explore the depth of your soul and, mm-hmm. and what's happening, including really um, inc- uh, your body and how mm-hmm we don't all know how to sense into our body and use the wisdom of what we, what we find there mm-hmm. um, as well as getting clear on your emotional state as, as well. So it's like the three major centers, your, your mm-hmm. gut center, your body, your heart, your emotional center and your head, your thinking mm-hmm. center. So I have been doing four to five retreats a year 
um, every year since 2010 to continue to explore. We go, we go over the Enneagram, you know, at a minimal level at some point in that curriculum, Mm -hmm. but it's at this point, um, we don't talk about it on a regular basis, but the students will often raise something and say, this is what's coming up and you can see a clear link to your type. You know, Mm -hmm. you can see, I'll give you an example. This is, uh, it was a pretty um, intense situation for me. I was doing uh, what's called small group work. You're working with the teacher, but there's a small group watching you. They're there to support you. They're there to learn how what you bring up triggers them. And there was just, um, the teacher was working with me and I won't go into like all the direction because I can't mm-hmm. even remember it, but I knew that I was experiencing like raw shame. Mm-hmm. with no story like there's mm-hmm. no story of like i'm ashamed of yeah. the time Specific, i was yeah. mean to somebody yeah. or yeah. the time and and to help you to understand what that feels like in your body and to, to help you kind of get some of the the trauma from your life out it could be trauma it could just be part of what your soul was born with but to really understand it and unpack it and all of those things start to lose their power, they're always with you. They don't mm. stop being with you, but you have a different understanding of it. You have, it's clear, you have more of a sense of the truth of what it is, and it's not kind of mixed up with ideas. Um, so it's it's a pure understanding of yourself. Mm-hmm. And those are the types of things that go, oh, well, the core emotion of a three is mm-hmm. shame, mm-hmm. you know? And that's and, your number. And that's my number. Mm-hmm. And the the thing about it is that, that for threes, if you don't know about this, you know, if you don't know about your Enneagram type, you may not be aware of this, that you're, you're motivated by this fear of shame mm-hmm. and you're acting in the world and you have all these ideas. I'm doing this for this reason, mm-hmm. because you're not aware mm-hmm. that you're actually combating the fear that I might experience shame. And mm-hmm. so it, so even though we don't talk about the Enneagram all the time in the diamond approach group, it definitely comes up in all, all different types will say, I know this is my, you know, my, my, my foreness or my, yeah. you know, <laughs> but in that moment, did you go, Oh, this is shame. Yes. It's very intense because I didn't, you don't often have specific thoughts going on. And then, you know, when it's you're kind you of like wrapping it. it up. Yeah. It was like, it was just literally the feeling of you feel a, it clearly just, an emotional state and and an embodied state of shame. And it was really kind of, it it was difficult. The teachers are always very careful with you. You know, they'll say, are you okay? Or we do, you know, do we need to stop? Mm -hmm. All that kind of thing. And I was like, no, I'm fine. Cause I, you know, I, you you definitely know that you're not in any kind of real danger, Mm -hmm. but you're just like, oh, well, this is, she asked me to make eye contact with someone and I couldn't, I was just like, okay, I I, I can't, I can, eyes open, eyes closed. I can't quite Mm -hmm. do it. And, um, and, and then it wasn't until later I'm, I, I recognized and was thinking about, oh, I was feeling shame and thought, I, I have no idea what I was feeling shame about. Because that's the whole point. Up. It's not, yeah. there's no story. Mm-hmm. It's just really getting to the root. But would you say, Barb, that there, there was like a process that leads you to it? To bring it from the subconscious to consciousness? Yeah, the, the inquiry work. The inquiry. And, yeah, and we do inquiry. We'll do it in sort of, we'll do it in dyads. We'll do it in triads. You do private work with a teacher, and mm-hmm. then you do this group work. You, we talk a little bit in the large group. There's about 45 people in the group. Um, 
and you'll have some discussion there as well. But the, the sort of modalities are group work, individual work, and dyads and triads. Mm-hmm. And so they'll just create these types of questions mm-hmm. and activities that... Um, Make you think. That, yeah, that just caught... They, they're designed to help bring things out of your unconscious, mm-hmm. like repeating oh, wow. questions mm-hmm. or... Well, and they and they train you to not just kind of go from your head, well, when I was a kid, I this and that. <laughs> I mean, you can do that a little bit. They're like, where are you feeling? And I'll be... And I'll say, oh, I'm... I'm, I'm, I feel a shakiness in my in my chest, mm-hmm. and and it, it's kind of like a knowing that is complete, mm-hmm. but is not story driven. You can later go, oh, I can link that to a story in my That's life, but in the moment, it's just an experience. It's just an experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. So, what would you say, like looking back, because you've been going to these retreats for what seven years? Yeah, over seven. Yeah. Um, like, how have you evolved? Like, if you look back to who you were when you started to now, like, because, I mean, I do I do believe that um, spiritual inquiry and, and our own evolution, that's a lifelong process. We're never going to finish. Like, one lifetime is not enough. So there's always going to be another layer that you peel off. Um, and, and I think your testament to that, like, you've been doing this, which is, like, really, like, in the trenches work intentional work um i mean to invest the kind of time you've invested over these years in retreats i mean you're really committed to your own spirituality your own path mm-hmm. so i mean um i think it would be great to know like how you've seen yourself evolve in this work over the, this past time yeah absolutely um so I'll give like a work example, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, being a three, it's important to me. Um, in the, in the Riso and Hudson construct of the Enneagram, they call the three the achiever. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, it's another way to think about it is these, these are people who would want to be seen in a good light, want to be valued. The key word to me is valued. Mm-hmm. And I will often say, if I sit back and watch what I'm doing, I'm desperately trying to prove I deserve to be on this planet. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty desperate feeling. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be at work a few, you know, years back and and I would get this impression, you know, my ego's telling me that person doesn't think you're smart or that person mm-hmm. doesn't think you're um, sensitive or whatever it is that, that they value or think you should be. Mm-hmm. And something in me would just rear up and I'm like, I'm going to prove them to them that I am. And mm-hmm. often in hindsight, I feel like I probably kind of you know, made a fool of myself many times. And my, I'm sure my, my ego was saying, no, we, we did it. We convinced them. But really the person was probably thinking, wow, she got a little worked up, you know? Mm-hmm. And now it's not that that goes away. It's, I mean, yes, I can say that I've increased in a sense of knowing that my value is not based in someone telling me I'm valuable mm-hmm. or valuing me in some tangible way. Mm-hmm. But I'll sometimes feel that kind of Rear me. Sometimes it is that shaking in my heart center, and I'll and I'll just put my feet on the ground, mm-hmm. and I'll put my hands down, and I'll just breathe. And the important thing I've learned that took time was instead of there was an earlier phase where I would say, "Why are you? I hate that I'm like this. Why do I have to be like this?" And really, what that does is that rejects that young version of me that first had this experience, mm-hmm. who then has to go. Well, I'm going to hide back in the unconscious because you don't like me, you don't mm-hmm. accept me, yeah. instead of having compassion for yeah. that little girl. And mm-hmm. I'll say, okay, yeah, this kind of hurts and it feels uncomfortable. One, I can kind of question, you may not even be right about your assumption about what someone's thinking, mm-hmm. but even if you are, 
it doesn't actually change your worth. Mm-hmm. And so then I can kind of, I'll often say, it's just wait, let's, let's decide to wait until something needs to be said and not say something right. just for the purpose of that. And, and, and it, it has just changed the way that I interact and it changes, I think how I like to believe that it, it means that I, my, for my staff, I'm a very stable place to go, mm-hmm. not a boss who's like, why is she worked up about things like that? You know, <laughs> but they know when they know that I'm going to hear them and be compassionate for what they're struggling with mm-hmm. and that, you know, that I'm going to be able to represent them well when, when they need me to. Yeah. So that's one example. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see, uh, I always hear like uh, from colleagues at work, uh, sometimes say, oh, I'm going to prove to this person that I can, I, I can do this or mm-hmm. I can do that. Or I'm going to prove to my parents or to my grandma or grandfather that I can actually do something in my life. Well, I wonder... And yeah, some of my advice is always, you know what? But they always use this term in a weird way. It's just, you don't have to prove anything to anybody. It's mm-hmm. all about your discovery mm-hmm. and your evolution and all this. And they just, yeah. But I don't know what else to tell them. <laughs> well, I wonder, Barb, like, I wonder if there might be people going like, well, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Well, it depends on the person mm-hmm. and it depends on, you know, whether or not you can have the same outcome, but be kinder to yourself in the process. Mm-hmm. So like I'd say if, for example, a nine who's a peacemaker and really wants to accommodate the people in their lives mm-hmm. and sort of and create agreement between people. Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. And so if they say, you know what, someone didn't believe in me, I'm going to push myself, I'm going to put myself in disagreement with someone I love to do what I know is right and is my truth, that's really beautiful. And yeah, it's really them so. living uh-huh. beyond their type. Yeah. Whereas, you know, for a three, it would have to be more, we're more likely to not have seen the picture, not have seen accurately what the person was really messaging to us. Mm-hmm. We're more likely to have, you know, less of a objectivity about it mm-hmm. that maybe the nine would see. Oh, I don't expect people to think less of me, but I notice that that person doesn't think I can do this. Whereas a three, we've got this hyper Sensitivity. Sensitivity. So then you have to question, like, you want to give it, like, are you sure? Like, if you're a three, you probably want to check it. Yeah, yeah. Before you act on it. But if it's a nine, you might go, that's, I'm so glad you feel that way. And that's amazing. amazing. So really quickly, we're talking numbers. So the (laughs) right people are probably going like, why are they talking about numbers? Mm -hmm. So there's nine personality types. Mm -hmm. Um, We cannot do them justice in this one podcast. And so, and I know we just want to give people a flavor of what is the Enneagram um, and, and maybe why they would want to do more research on it for themselves and how it could maybe help them. But the nine personality types, let's at least um, say what their type is, each one. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if you want to say any more to it, but just just so that people know that there's nine types and what they are. Sure. So I'll just go through them from um, from one. Um, and the, the name I'm going to use for them is the name that uh, Don Riso and Russ Hudson, mm-hmm. Russ Hudson use for the types, but every author on the Enneagram, they come up with their own names for them. Oh, okay. So we don't want to okay. get too attached to the word. I'm, okay. I'm um, you know, I utilize theirs because I was trained by them. And uh-huh. um, so the first one is the reformer. Um, and this is someone who really feels that it's important to do the good and right thing. So they're often people who will um, 
look to improve things and make things better. Mm -hmm. um, so hence the word reformer. Mm -hmm. uh, type two is the helper, often thought of as the lover of the Enneagram, mm -hmm. who just who wants to mm -hmm. love on people, wants to give to people um, and, and be of use to others. Um, and then the type three is the achiever, which I've been talking about uh, as myself. Um, and is this is the person who wants to really demonstrate their worth. Um, type four is the individualists who believe very much in expressing truth and who you are and um, following your, the wisdom of your heart, mm -hmm. um, that type of thing. Uh, type five is the investigator. They believe very much in understanding things thoroughly. There are often people who come up with a completely new idea about why something is the way it is um, and just are almost voraciously um, intent on learning something down to the last, you know, minuscule aspect of it. Um, type six is the loyalist. And it is, as they sound, they are people who are want to be a part of a team, want to be mm -hmm. a part of something bigger than themselves mm -hmm. and be a contributor to that. Trust is really important to them. To be a part of mutual mm -hmm. trust is important to them. Mm -hmm. um, type seven is the enthusiast. Mm -hmm. And these are the people that are hungry for new experiences, mm -hmm. um, to, uh, also to learn new things like an investigator, but they may not go as deep as the investigator. So they may kind of uh, flit on the, uh, along the, the tops of things, but are often jacks of all trades, can pick up things really easily, and are kind of life of the party types often. <laughs> um, type eight is the challenger. Mm -hmm. This is kind of the natural leader, the person who has the broad shoulders and feels that they can carry others on those shoulders. Mm -hmm. um, and then the type nine is the peacemaker who really wants desperately for there to be harmony in their environment and among the people they love and themselves and, and others. Wow, thank you so much for kind of giving us broad strokes and overview of all these types. We are going to take a short little break at this point, and when we get back, we're going to go into Paolo and myself. We actually took the Enneagram test, and Barb is going to talk to us about our types. So stay tuned for that. So Studio is revolutionizing the way people see headphones much the same way that we at Somos Padres are revolutionizing the way that people think about parenting. And I'm trying right now the Regen headphones. Yeah. And uh, what I like so far about these headphones is just uh, the design and the audio quality. Right, because I know that I have this pair of headphones and I think they're really cute, but you're always telling me that they have like horrible yeah, yeah, sound quality. It's horrible. Right. And then, and then you have a really expensive pair of headphones that I think is really ugly. Yeah, you think that they're both. Yeah, so uh, Studio is the blend of both things so far for us. So right now, Studio is offering our listeners a 15% discount when you use our code SOMOSPADRES. So you guys can head on over to studio.com, check them out. We're going to link to them. And FYI, they do ship worldwide for free. So super bonus because I hate paying shipping on anything. <laughs> Okay, and so we're back. We're ready, Barb. We are so ready to hear about our uh, our personality types or the, via the Enneagram. Enneagram type, actually. So hit it, hit it. You have our test results. We took the 140 questions, and is it 140? 144. 144. Yeah. 144. <laughs> and we are ready. Hit us. All right, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So... 
your test is inconclusive, which is nothing to worry about. It's nothing to worry about. Um, as we said, it's, it's, it's a journey to figure this out. So you have a tie for type four and type five. And um, we'll go back to the yeah, book. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, um, type five is the investigator, as we talked about, who really mm -hmm. likes to dig deeply into <clears throat> areas of interest. And there's a real importance to a five about figuring that out. That is, on the surface, that sounds like, well, okay, sure, someone likes to learn about things. Um, but they're the, so the gift of the five is that they bring, if they're in um, their, their highest level of functioning, they're really bringing unique wisdom into the world. At a lower level of functioning, a five is um, really coming at it from a place of fear. Mm -hmm. So they're coming at it like, I have to understand this, otherwise... I'm not safe in the world. And it's not safe in practical reasons. Mm -hmm. Like a six was kind of, has kind of uh, practical fears of mm -hmm. being physically safe or mm -hmm. being financially safe. It's almost more of like an existential lack of safety of kind of like, if you don't know how the world works, it, it can get really ugly. It's a little, could be a little nihilistic. Mm -hmm. Like, and so you have sort of this gifted side and you have this really, the side that is a struggle for a five mm -hmm. and, and can cause them, their investigation to become self-destructive in a way. Um, then you have the four, the individualist who is, it's really important to, to have um, the space to express themselves, mm -hmm. to not deny their emotions, to really build on their emotions. They also have a great appreciation for beauty. You know, they, they feel it's important to follow beauty, to honor beauty, to create beauty. You know, one of the kind of a, a, a stereotype of a four would be an artist. The brooding artist would maybe mm -hmm. be the, the stereotype. It does not mean all artists are fours. Mm -hmm. It does mean a lot of um, a lot of artists are fours. Um, I don't know, Barb, I think he's a five. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of truth about like both of them. Yeah. yeah. The truth because like for the four, it's just like if I do something, I want to do it right. Mm -hmm. If not, like don't even bother. It's just like for me, I want to just accomplish something, it needs to be right. What makes something right? From my perspective, it has to be, it, it, it has to fulfill a purpose. Mm -hmm. And the purpose that is, is met. Uh, like for me, if I like, like yesterday, I was like, I started doing like a, a Valentine's card for mm -hmm. Yesenia. And I'm like, I've started, I need to finish it, but I need to do it right. And if not, I would feel like I didn't accomplish something that I started and it makes me feel bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it makes me feel like kind of like incomplete and I'm like kind of not being good enough. What would make that Valentine right? It's just that I put my effort and I'm satisfied with what I have and you, then you give it to my significant other, like for Yesenia and she, uh, and for her to appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, yeah, that was, yeah. And, um, and for the five... There's a lot of truth to it because I like to. Uh, that's why I I don't like to read uh, late at night oh, because yeah. if I start reading, I, I I get so excited and I want to know more about it. And it's gonna be eleven midnight, one in the morning, <laughs> and I have to make myself stop. Yeah, because now we tell them read. reading doesn't make me. Uh, it doesn't make me. Asleep. Yeah, it doesn't make me go to uh, yeah sleeping. Yeah, yeah. I'm and down like fifteen minutes. My, it makes my brain just keep going and. Uh, and whatever it is, 
I need, yeah, I, I just drive myself to, I need to figure things out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. if there's like a mistake in the website, I need to figure it out. Figure it out. If not, I'm not, I, I don't feel good. Yeah. I, there's something missing, something lacking, and it's because I, I haven't finished that. I need mm -hmm. to figure out how yeah, to make I it right. It. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and a that's, lot of... Uh, yeah, that's something lacking, that might be a doorway in. Uh, that is something that fours and fives share in different ways, or they, they kind of come at it in a different way. Um, fives, you know, it, at their they're most vulnerable in their deepest unconscious. There's, there's a question of, do I have the level of resources to survive in this world? Do I have the level of resources to understand everything I need to have? And by resource, you know, just mean it can be like core, like human energy. Like, do I have enough? And fours can suffer from a feeling of just general inadequacy, you know, and it's, it's a, of just, there's something wrong. There's something broken. Um, and they both address that in different ways. Five says, I'm going to be very competent. I'm going to figure things. Mm -hmm. I will stay up all night until I know mm -hmm. I will be competent and I will overcome this. Um, a four is going to spend time really exploring that feeling and really trying to understand it better and express it, which is why so much art, good art comes from pain, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you see, you know, like the scream or, you know, mm -hmm. even, you know, Starry Night, my favorite. Um, so, you know, I think you probably want to spend time with both those ideas. And it's likely that you are, you know, one of the types and the other is your wing. So when you read in the book, mm -hmm. uh, the four with the five wing or the five with the four wing, it, you might be able to see like, oh, it's a little bit leaning that way or this yeah. way. What is They're wing? both strong. Oh, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> what Sorry. is a wing? <laughs> so yeah, the, the wing is a pretty, pretty simple one. So whatever number is your core type, the numbers on either side numerically. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and by the way, the numbers have no meaning. Mm -hmm. This is not related to numerology in any mm -hmm. way. They're just ways, they're just sort of a, objective terms. So they could have been A, mm -hmm. B, C, D. Mm -hmm. They could have been red, right. blue, yellow, green. Yeah. They uh -huh. could have, you know. Um, so whatever your type is, the numbers on either side, the number below it, the number above it, whichever one is higher on the test is typically your wing. And it is essentially a modifier to your type. So um, it's it's... The way they say it usually plays out is you have your core type and depending on your life circumstances or your culture, you'll tend to um, lean on one of those areas um, to kind of um, color your type a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're if you're a five with a four, your intense scrutiny, your like your, your, your that learning drive might have a little bit of uh, more of a bent towards areas of art or emotions um, or, um, like the, uh, or psychology or kind of those types of things, like aspects of the heart, um, because that four is a heart type, which I, I could explain mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And then if you're four, um, you might lean towards the five because it, 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 you are tend to be a little bit more, uh, of a, private or withdrawn like someone who kind of needs their alone time oh yes yeah. definitely, definitely. <laughs> yes he's like i'm up to here yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna go to the room exactly yes yes exactly. exactly yeah and sometimes even at work i'm like i need to be alone and sometimes my colleagues are like come come to lunch with us lunch yeah. with us and i'm like eh, i need my time to be alone <laughs> exactly which that's something four and fives share. Four, fives, and nines tend to be the types in the Enneagram who need more time to themselves. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so four with a three might kind of go out into the world a little bit more, but a four with a five will be a little more private, neither a long time. Yeah, and to be really honest, it's just like, oh my God, like I love to meditate. 
and I've been doing it for the last year. Uh, but at the end, every time after I'm done meditating, there's always this questioning that I haven't found what I'm meant to do in this world. Yes, I'm a high school teacher. I enjoy it, but I question it all the time. I'm like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And, and I'm always in search of other things. Mm-hmm. And that's part of like not being, I don't know, it's just that, that fear of being like not finding that, you know? Not feeling mm-hmm. enough? Yeah, not feeling, yeah, that feeling that, yeah, I, I and, and I always, yeah, I, when, I, when I pray, because I also pray, <laughs> I'm like, God, help me, help me find what I'm supposed to do because I want to feel complete. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel complete. I feel that there's something lacking and I don't know what it is. And I'm like, oh, we just, I need to be patient. I just need to be patient. Eventually, I'm going to see the, the path. <laughs> and, uh, oh, man, it's just, yeah. Well, that's some important wisdom you're bringing to it, the, the patience. It, it's not probably terribly inherent in the four or five to be patient. So I always remind people to look into their culture for how that your culture um, colors your type. You know, as I say, as a three... When people think, oh, achiever and someone who wants to achieve things, they kind of think of it in the very American context. My parents being, you know, uh, having traditional Mexican backgrounds, being blue collar, my dad, a blue collar worker, Mm -hmm. their greatest ambition for me was to get out of high school, not pregnant. And, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so my, like, I'm not looking to take over the world, you know, mm-hmm. where, and there's this assumption, oh, you want to be, you want to be, you know, the head of everything you do, or you want to, you want these really high ambitions. I, I'm like, well, I, I want to live a good life, you know, that, yeah. and that's yeah. kind of how my culture plays into it. And something perhaps in, in some experience in your life says, I, I can be patient with this. This is kind of like, it just really nags mm-hmm. at me, but I can, I have some patience and I don't know, you might've picked yeah. that up somewhere along the way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really a, a helpful, a helpful tool to have. Patience yeah. always, always, always. I am always, definitely always. going to investigate more about this and then learn to learn way more about this because it sounds so, so cool. Yeah. yeah. It's very exciting. It's an interesting way it's of very interesting understanding, of understanding myself and, and yeah. the insecurities that I feel. And, you also and that, and, and, and I, I have to agree that it's a sense of fear. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what the fear is all about. <laughs> I just don't, I don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. And I also think understanding the Enneagram probably gives you a sense of, like you were saying, like compassion for yourself. Like, I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. There's a shared experience among all the other threes. Exactly. <laughs> or, exactly. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to get to my number, which I already gave up. Right. I guess you could start. Yeah. Um, well, one more that I'll say is, recognizing that the core the the core emotion that you can identify as a fear is a little bit of a clue about the five because a four's core emotion is sadness and shame and so you know just a clue nothing mm-hmm. no one has to land yeah. too quickly mm-hmm. um but uh you know and all the the heart types which are two three and four all their their core emotion is sadness and our sadness and shame uh, the head types, uh, five, six, and seven, mm-hmm. um, it's fear. And then the body types or the gut types, eight, nine, and one, their core emotion is anger. And to be clear, I, I, you know, we're not going to go into all of that today, but it, it doesn't mean that you know, each of those types expresses that the same way or even at all. Yeah. And in fact, a one works very hard to never express anger. But if you know a one and the one is a reformer, um, 
you can sometimes, if people, people know when go, the one will say, I, I don't get angry, or, or they may say something like that, and people around them will say, but I can, you feel really irritated. You know, like I can see, you, you seem very irritated, you know, and the, and the one doesn't want to believe that because they don't think it's good to be angry or irritated. So they're really trying to manage it. Whereas the eight, the challengers, it's kind of pretty comfortable expressing their anger. And in fact, sometimes they're like, why does it upset everybody when I express my anger? I'm just being myself. Yeah, I'm just being myself. You can express yours too. Like, that's yeah, my... I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. They're comfortable with anger. They're comfortable with it, yeah. And then the nine is the other body type. They're kind of, they're unconscious of their anger. So they're not trying to push it down like a one, but... It, but it can kind of like explode out of them and they didn't even see it coming mm-hmm. because they're just like, no, I, I, they really don't see themselves as angry and they kind of disassociate to not feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband's a nine and he's like, you know, easygoing. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, Tom's so easygoing. Yeah. And then one day he'll just like, like a booming, Snap. yeah, yeah <laughs> a, a booming yell will come out of his mouth. And it's funny because I'm the more strict parent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he and he is the fun one. But then one day when they push him too far, he'll kind of bellow. Yeah. And I tell him, they that's scarier to them than me, even though mm-hmm. I'm on them all the time. Yeah. Because they don't expect it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. it, so I wanted to be clear, like you know, whatever your core emotion, it, it'll come out in different ways or not come out in a specific way. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right, Barb. So all right. Talk about me. All right. You're a little more straightforward. Oh. I mean, you're. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit easier. A little bit. Um, it is technically inconclusive if your top score or your second score is within two of your top score. Okay. You have um, your highest scores of three. The next one is nine. There's a relationship between those types in that threes when they're their 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 ego the the. <clears throat> the ego of the three or the ego of any type is under stress. They may go to the space of their area of dis- their, their, the type of disintegration mm-hmm. and you do it just for a break. Your psyche needs a break. Mm-hmm. Um, I recognize this in myself as a three of just saying, I've been at work all day trying to impress people. And when I get home, I just need to like completely veg out and disconnect yes. from I've had like, days like that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going upstairs. Peace. Yeah. Done. Can they get I'm a feeling of, uh, of, of of saying, like, I deserve, I worked so hard, now I deserve this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've definitely said that. I've definitely mm-hmm. said, I deserve it. And and sometimes it's just the, I just need to check out because I've exhausted myself with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. either one, either yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Look at him trying to say that I say that I deserve <laughs> it. Like, I, I heard that. I never say that. No, no, in the past, you used to say that. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I don't remember saying that. Oh, yeah. okay. I was like, I actually find myself saying it like more. I'm, really? No, I feel no. I I um I do find myself though that there's just certain days where I'm just like, oh my god, I'm exhausted. Like I'm so sleepy. Like I just want to go to bed. No, but I'm talking about like years ago. You oh. will say all all the time. I okay. work so hard. I deserve to do this. I deserve to rest, and I deserve to buy this. Oh, yeah. You're mm-hmm. talking about yeah. what I yeah. buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's right. And we do work very hard. We, we do work very hard. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, I've talked a little about threes from my perspective. Yes, we're both threes. Yes. And it looks like your wing is a four wing, which is, uh, I'm a two wing. You look like Mm -hmm. you're a four wing, Mm -hmm. which again, that means you're three. You want to achieve things. And then I always say three with the four. This is, you know, my experience. Like they have, you have sort of like class and style and oh yeah. geez, thanks Barb. <laughs> no it's true it's just that fours have like fours are very proud of their great taste 
And so if you're three with a four wing, you're just sort of, there's just a, a sophistication to the way you present yourself as, you know, a competent person. Mm-hmm. I'm competent. I'm also sophisticated. Mm-hmm. I'm more like, I'm competent and I love you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope we like each other too. In addition to you thinking I'm competent, I hope you also like me. You know? <laughs> so so there's, it comes out a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that's that's pretty clear. What does it mean for, um, let's just say, because I, I kind of feel like Bolo's a five, so let's just go with he's a five, just for hypotheticals today. Okay. And I feel like I'm a three. So what does it mean for a five to be married to a three? Like, yes. is there dynamics that we should be aware of? or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry that I cut it in the middle, but sometimes I feel like we're like in a competition. Mm-hmm. See now that makes a is lot it, of sense. Does it? Does make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. I get that feeling. All, yeah. Sometimes uh, we have to. Uh, you want to be right. I want to be right. Mm-hmm. We both want to be right. Yeah. Well, that's because you're both competency types. <laughs> yeah. yeah ex- so there, there's, there's multiple ways that the nine but types. I, I end up giving in. I'm just gonna say. Like, typically. <laughs> oh, because in the end, you have to be thought well of too. Mm-hmm. And if you mm-hmm. push too hard. Then. He might not like me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's different ways that the three types kind of get put into what's called little triads. And, um, you know, based on different psychological theories. And one of them is called the harmonic triads. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of knowing about the harmonic triads is about relationships. Mm-hmm. So um, it's sort of the language you bring into a relationship, particularly when you're trying to resolve conflict. Okay. That's important. It is important. <laughs> so you have three types. So you have... Um, well, I'll do your guys' last. So mm-hmm. you have the emotionally real type, the people who believe that the only way to have a real relationship and get through conflict is to be real with each other. And they'll do it in different ways. So, um, you know, the four will say, you know, just whatever we're feeling, we just have to say it and we have to really like flesh it out and just like really get into the darkest places in our souls. We just got to bear it. And you have sixes who will say, well, we have to be honest with each other so we can trust each other. So, you know, what's up with you? What's going on? Put it out on the table. And it's all about building trust. Eights, it's uh, more of just kind of raw expression. Like, I, I, I can't hold it. it in. I can't hold it in. And if you hold it in, it's similar to the sixes, but in a, with a different tone. It's saying, I can't, you're, you're kind of like you're full of it if you're holding it in. <laughs> it's not as much like I don't trust you. It's like I got your number. Mm-hmm. You're, you're kind of full of it. Yeah. And You're not fooling me. Put it out on the table uh-huh. before I yeah. yank it out of you and put it on the table. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so like they're like, that's them. So they're, that's what they're bringing to conflict. Mm-hmm. And they, they really believe that that's what's going to resolve it. Mm-hmm. So when you're in a relationship with someone, one of those numbers, when they do that, instead of feeling attacked or instead of feeling like, you know, they're emotionally manipulating you. It's because they really believe in it. They really believe they actually, actually their way of showing they care Mm -hmm. to do that. Um, Then there's the positive outlook types who say, everything's going to be fine. Just by sheer will, everything's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. So the two, the two is going to say, everything's going to be fine because I'm going to love you through it. Because of my love. I wish I had some some of that. (laughs) (laughs) We're the last type, so she's clearly not talking about us. I'm sorry, honey. This is sad. We're none of those yet. Yeah. No, no, no. It's it's good. Everyone everyone has a gift to bring. So I'm going to love you through this conflict. And that's how we're going to say my love is going to keep us together, right? (laughs) And then a seven says, I'm going to make you laugh through it. I'm going to make you realize not to take things so seriously. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to bring the levity and that's going to get us through this. Mm-hmm. And then a nine will tend to kind of say, I'm going to, I'm going to insert my piece 
so there'll be some accommodating. I'm going to make this right by adapting myself and, and kind of finding a way to meld with you. Okay. And so that's what they're doing. You have the competency types, which you both are. So you have the one and the one says, you know, our relationship is going to be a good and right relationship. So we're going to come to some agreements about, and we're, and it's going to be based on principles and values and, 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 and that's how we're going to come to scream. And then you have the three that says, well, we'll get, we'll get solutions. We'll, we'll get a therapist. We'll go to therapy. We'll talk every night at, about this. We'll create a plan and, you know, we'll, we'll just, we'll have goals. Mm-hmm. We'll, 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 we'll yeah. set some goals and we'll mm-hmm. achieve those goals mm-hmm. and we'll just, you know, kind of discipline ourselves mm-hmm. and get it done. And then you have fives who will say, well, we're going to completely analyze the construct of marriage and we're going to figure out whether... <laughs> we're going to deconstruct. Yeah, deconstruct, we're going to yeah. deconstruct marriage and we're going to... It's sort of similar to, to being solution-oriented, but we're going to understand what, you know, what re- marriage really is and whether or not there's a completely different way to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing, that, the, the thing to think about in terms of a harmonic triad is that really in conflict, all three languages are needed. Mm-hmm. So if you have someone who is, you know, an emotionally real type um, and you have someone who's a competency type, that means, you know, some feelings are going to get out on the table and and you're going to someone's going to want to kind of create solutions. Maybe going to set up the therapy appointment or whatever, mm-hmm. but that they kind of might go through it without hope like that, that it's going to get better because they don't have that positive outlook. So they have to I mean, what, what would help be helpful for them is to actively work on bringing hope and, and a belief that it can get better mm-hmm. into the mm-hmm. into the the conflict or the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're you know uh, emotionally, you have one person who's an emotionally emotionally real, another one has positive outlook. You've got one person going, "There's a problem," and the other person going, "Not really. It's not really that bad." <laughs> and then they're just at odds, and they mm-hmm. can't. There's no one kind of yeah. going, "Let's bring like some objectivity to this." The competency type and mm-hmm. and say both are true. It's true that there we have some some strong emotions. It's true. We can get through this. And now let's put some structure around it. So you can see like all the different kind of combinations. So the thing about having two competency types is it does put you in the position to have to think about adding two languages. I know. Yeah. We get stuck in the, well, how are we going to solve it? Yeah. Because for me, yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely I need to work on my delivery because, uh, does Barb know what happened at DC? No, Barb does not know. And this is just going to be really funny because as soon as I walked in, I saw Barb. Um, and I said, hi, Barb. And Barb's like, where's Bella? I'm like, oh, he's coming. <laughs> Do you remember when I yeah. walked in the first yeah. time I saw you? And you're like, where's Paula? I'm like, oh, he's coming. Um, so right before the last thing we did in Washington, D.C. was we went to um, Lincoln Memorial. That was the last thing we did. And then I was like, okay, well, I, got, we have, to reg- I have to register by 4.30 and it was already 4 o'clock. And so I was like, we have to go. And so we're walking down and he's like, don't order the Uber yet because we're going to get down there. Um, we need to find out where he's going to pick us up. And I'm like, but there's only one place to pick us up. Like, I was like, no, I'm just going to order the lift because I was like, it's just right there. You know, there's only one place where they dropped us off. That's where they're going to pick us up. Like, there's no other way. I order it. The lift comes. And then um, it turns out that I um, accidentally, instead of putting one, I put instead of putting two seats, I put one seat. Because I did the Uber pool. Mm-hmm. I see Lyft and Uber interchangeably, you'll notice. Um, I put one instead of, I put one seat instead of two on accident. And oh my God, he got so mad. He was like, but I told uh, you. I told you not to order because we were inside the, the Lincoln Memorial. Mm-hmm. Don't order, just wait. 
Yeah, and I was like, it's okay, it's okay. I will just order another one. Like it's fine. Like I'm just gonna order another one right now, and we will go. And no, he's like, but I told you, like he wouldn't let it go. And I'm like, look, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go see how much this taxi guy is, because at this point, time has passed, and I'm like, I have to be there by 4:30. And so I asked the taxi guy, and he's like, oh, it's gonna be $15, which is gonna be like, like five more dollars than you know an Uber or a Lyft. And then, but he's over here like. No, like we're gonna order another one, but I told you, you know, he's like going, going, and I was like, you know what? You go back in your car, and I will go back in my car. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he was like, no, I'm ordering the car for both of us already, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna go with you. Yeah. Gonna, and I got in the taxi and I left. Yeah, and I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> you know? And then so <laughs> yeah, when nice. I walked in, I was like, oh yeah, he's coming. You know, like you know. But I mean, afterwards, after that, after I hung out with you guys for a little bit and we, you know, I went upstairs, he was already there and he's like, I was getting worried. But, you know, we immediately kind of talked it out. Yeah. He was like, oh, I'm sorry. I overreacted. I shouldn't have reacted that way. And I was like, yeah, I was like, it, I just felt like I know I get it. Like, but at the end of the I felt what was triggering for me mm-hmm. was I feel like I can't make a mistake with you. Mm-hmm. It's not safe. To make a mistake. And what I felt was like, you're not listening to me. And what was triggered for him was, you don't listen to me. Yeah, you're not mm-hmm. taking my advice into consideration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I told you no, and you went ahead and yeah. yeah. You don't care about what I say. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting to sit back in retro and to look at the the moment and go, like, it's just crazy how, like, different things get triggered for yeah. each of us in that moment. Mm-hmm. Even though at the end of the day, none of those things were true. Mm-hmm. Is it true okay. that you, you know, are, um, you want to be an unsafe place for me? No. No. You mm-hmm. want to be a safe place for me to land on. Um, but that's what came up for me. And do I want to come off like I don't listen to you? No, of course I want you to feel like and, and believe and know that I do take what you say into consideration. So it's just interesting, right? We make these, these like, I don't know, we immediately go to these places. Yeah. Exactly. And I was like, fine, go. And I'll own my I know. And then I see Barb. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'm not about to tell you. Like, I left him. (laughs) I left him at Lincoln. Yeah, exactly. That would have been a better story. Yeah. I should have just told you. It makes total sense. Uh, You know, being heard, I think being heard and and the fear of making mistakes are, are very within the wheelhouse of people who feel it's important in this world to be competent. You know, they're they're both in, uh, aspects of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, what kinds of things do you think we should keep in mind with each other? I mean, I, you you guys, you gave the example yourself. You got back to the room that night, and you said, mm-hmm. "You know what? I realized what I was feeling." Mm-hmm. And and you know, and I real and in what you said right now, I realize that you are safe. So that's the positive outlook. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the sharing your feelings is the emotional realism. So you, mm-hmm. throughout this process, you brought those other two languages into the situation. Mm-hmm. And and you can tell yourself how it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it makes you feel like probably more whole. It, mm-hmm. it brings a wholeness to your experience mm-hmm. and to the experience of your relationship, your individual experience and your the experience of your relationship. Yeah. But you know what? This didn't happen overnight. Like for, yeah. for us, we've been practicing about listening to the body, you mm-hmm. know, listening and paying attention. And I was like, why did I get upset? Why? And boom. Trying to figure out. There was a light bulb. Oh, is yeah. Going? Where my is this coming from? Yeah. yeah, she wasn't acknowledging my, my advice and yeah. 
And uh, that was so interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Years ago, that, that wouldn't have happened. No. I was like, man, in my, yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, we wouldn't be talking for like yeah, two days. Like for right. two days? That's exactly. At least a day, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Checking into your body is so important because mm -hmm. it, it reminds you that your experience is in you. Yeah. You know, yes, some someone else's behavior may trigger something in you, but it's your experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's, like you said, it's like not even real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're acting on it. Exactly. Yeah. With it. So, um, Thank you for all of that. That has been very helpful. Uh, before we um, end, I did want to ask you a few questions. Like, like I know you have like all this knowledge, and um, how do you use it? Like, do you use it on your kids? Do you use it on your coworkers? Like, how, I mean, I know that you have all of your staff take the enneagram. I mean, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I know that for a fact. Um, but what about like your kids or, or you know, just in general? How do you use the enneagram in your daily life? Yeah. So I mean, I at work, I really do use it to understand people's behavior. It's it's useful when um, well, it's it's incredibly useful for coaching. Uh, because that's the approach mm -hmm. that um, I take to managing staff is a coaching approach. Mm -hmm. And it's really helpful. And I, I don't tell them, this is your type and this is how you feel. And, it, it, um, but I'll say, are, is this, are you struggling with or do you think this? Or so that I can get to something. Are you, like, are you feeling shame? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I try not to use the words that really trigger, trigger people. Yeah, but like, yeah. Or I'll say like, are you concerned about this? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, let me like, let's. Let's address that. Yeah, like more into the self inquiry, you know. Put exactly. The, yeah. You're putting it on them. Yeah. Then, yeah. Like yeah. to ask the questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, someone, you know, is like afraid of doing a presentation. I'll say, well, tell me what what's what's going to happen. Tell me what's, and then I get an idea for, you know, whether it's, you know, that anxiety comes from I just don't like being in front of people, or, you know, I'm afraid you're going to be disappointed in me, or whatever it is, and I can go, oh well, let's talk about that. Let's mm -hmm. let's get through that. Um, definitely in in my relationships as well. Uh, my son is 13, and we did kind of a version of the test where we walked my husband and I walked through it with him mm -hmm. because some of the questions are hard for someone that age to yeah. answer it's sort of life experiences they haven't had yet yeah. so we would kind of adapt it so it's it's certainly not evidence-based you know, <laughs> I didn't use the test you know um, the way exactly you're supposed to but he at this point in time you know they, they say about kids they're behaving in the type of seven he seems like a seven and he loves it and i one thing about all the the head types um the thinking types they're called sometimes are they are they tend to be mental mappers mm -hmm. you know they're just like you might feel this uh you know of they take information and they kind of arrange it in their mind like oh this goes with that and this connects to this yeah and they all do it for different reasons and in different ways and he's a mental mapper and what they say about sevens, it's almost like it's a toy to sevens. Like, mm. oh, this is just fun. I can kind of play with these mm. concepts. So he, he uh, feels that he is. And he will ask me about, I have a friend who's behaving this way, and I'm trying to understand <laughs> them. What type do you think what they you, are? Yeah. You're so funny. Did you think he was going to be a seven? Is that what you thought he was? Based oh, what, on like right before he took the test? Yeah. Yes, I did. Really? I did. I okay. did. Um, and I didn't like, I, you know, I feel pretty confident I didn't change the questions in any way to, 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 to direct him. And sometimes my husband would say to him, are you sure about how you answered that one? But I was really careful not to. But I also say, you know, he could find later that mm -hmm. he's not. I mean, he's yeah. young. Mm -hmm. He's young. Um, my little one, he's four. And there's an interesting thing that happens sometime around four, give or take, mm -hmm. from a both a psychological and a spiritual perspective. 
um, from a spiritual perspective, let's say your soul child kind of um, goes dormant and you pick, oh. take on the personality oh. type of your, yeah. that you're going to have for your whole life. That makes me sad. Yeah. Well, and it's also like <laughs> you kind of integrate to, to like, so for us as threes, it, it, it is, um, it's inevitable and sad. Mm-hmm. So as threes, in theory, and it's, uh, um, there's a pattern to it. So that our soul childs, our soul children were sixes. And so we'll find at some point in our life that we kind of begin to, in, in some ways, not ever completely outgrow, if you do the work, if you mm-hmm. do the work, right? You'll, you outgrow the needs of the three and you start to take on some of the more, depending on where you are in your functioning level, some of the aspects of the six. So um, for the five, it is the eight. So that five that, that has that, mm-hmm. like there's something, like you were talking about, there's yeah. something missing, something's not right. right. And, and I don't quite know how to bring this thing in me out into the world, mm-hmm. that eight energy brings it out into the world. You know, because mm-hmm. that eight is that sort of, it's got that oomph behind it. Mm-hmm. So for three, we, we stop worrying so much about ourselves and we start to become more worried about the collective and wanting to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, um, so my... I could see you and I, you know, worried about the collective... I try. I yeah. try. I think we're there. I, I think, think we're so. there. I think so. I, th- I like to think so. Yes. I can see my, some days I'll go back to my nine. You know, I'll go the other direction to nine. But mm-hmm. I, I'd like to believe. I think I put myself in a position. I worked, I've worked in the same place for, um, I'm in my 18th year. And I think one of the positives of staying there is it gave me a chance to settle down my three you know like you know this is like almost second home so i can Mm -hmm. be i get to a place where i can be more real Mm -hmm. and i and i can feel safe enough to tell people i feel insecure about whether or not i'm valued as Mm -hmm. opposed to hiding it and acting in some strange way Mm -hmm. and to give me a chance to for my ego to calm down enough to where i can connect with people enough to say oh i want i want to be i want to be with you guys i want to be in this with you um, so yeah, absolutely. You know, for me, I feel like I at work am like always worried about whether or not my boss likes me. That was like my core um, thing is, and she's kind of hard to read sometimes. And so I I do feel this insecurity, this like, am I? And I'm always thinking not not just with her, but even above that, like, are they okay with what I'm doing? Is this? Um, I don't know. Valued like. Do they think I'm, I don't know, doing this the right way? I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but I'm. That's like the core thing behind me is, man. Like if I am busting my butt and and I hope I'm producing quality work. Well, I believe I'm producing quality work, but do they feel like I'm, like I'm looking for that outside yeah. validation? Yeah, I know I shouldn't yeah. be, but it's there. But you, but it's it's a, a young part of you that mm-hmm. just needed it and it's really okay it's really okay to need it it's okay to need it it's okay to need it the 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 feeling of needing it and the the truth because that's a truth mm-hmm. uh it's a it's a certain level of truth right i mean at, at a deeper level no you don't need validation mm-hmm. but there's a there's a truth to i feel like i need validation yeah and the truth is always beautiful you know and mm-hmm. the truth is there's the truth is always a good thing you know mm-hmm. so it's a matter of of uh, having compassion for that part of yourself. Mm, you're making me all teary-eyed, Marv. <laughs> like even comfort to the uh, to the form, you know, to the body. Yeah, yeah. to the, the mm-hmm. little inner child. Yeah, yeah. And one thing you can do is look for because what I find is like there's there's those moments when you realize it's happening. You're like, okay, yeah. I realize I'm. I realize I'm myself in it. 
Exactly. And then I'll look back and go, oh, that, like even just like, if, you know, it could have been a week or two ago, you know, and I'd go, oh, I, I did feel threatened in the moment. I didn't, I didn't quote unquote catch it that time or I didn't mm-hmm. notice it in the moment. So that's why the body is so important because instead of noticing it from the perspective of what your mind is telling you mm-hmm. and your sort of emotional state, which you might kind of not be able to catch it there is to go, oh, I, oh, that thing is happening in my chest, that shaky, oh, you're feeling threatened, you know, because mm-hmm. my brain might be going, I'm not threatened. I'm, I'm, I'm self-righteous right now and I'm mm-hmm. right, you know, uh, but it's like, no, but what's that shaky? You know, that yeah. shaky, mm-hmm. and you're, you know, so body helps. What about with your husband? Yeah, my husband. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, things about to get real there. <laughs> exactly. Um, it has been really important for me to understand his type. Um, as a three, you know, I, I, I can say that I feel pretty good about by the time I had kids, checking my threeness with my kids. I do, I am on my, my son about his grades, but it comes more from a place of, I know what you're capable of, just do what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to be anything you aren't. I don't need to, uh, you don't have to do something that is validated by the world broadly, you know, yeah. in life. Like none of that, but you are going to live up to your potential, which is a little bit, there is a little bit of threeness mm-hmm. in there, mm-hmm. but I just have to keep it in check. So my husband, being a three though, I'm like, I'm driven mm-hmm. and my husband has like an energy level going the opposite direction. You know, like I'm out in the world, I'm going to move forward and get things done. He's like, I'm going to lay back. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to raising kids. I'm like, mm-hmm. are you going to respond to what's happening right now? Mm-hmm. You know, cause I don't always want to be the one to say, yeah. mm-hmm. this yeah. isn't behavior's yeah. not going to work. And he's like, what, what's going on? What, <laughs> what's like, a problem? I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> so, you know, part of it is the, you know, knowing, okay, it's, it's not that you want to leave me to be the bad guy. That isn't the thought that's in your yeah. head. Yeah. It's, you're just made not to react to things and yeah. I'm like on it, yes. you know? And so it's good for me to know that. Mm-hmm. I've had these wonderful experiences with, um, some of the most precious experiences to me with my husband are, as a nine, he's just like, everything's mm-hmm. fine. He, yeah. he goes along through life at a pretty, like this, this homeostasis is just yeah. uh, stable, very stable. And then something will happen in his, usually it's his professional life because um, his way of expressing his type, I, we didn't get into this today, but mm-hmm. there's a subtype that is related to how you express the three mm-hmm. human instincts. So he's... He's oriented towards, you know, sort of our economic security, that kind of thing. And when things start to go not well in his career, he'll go from being this really calm guy Mm -hmm. to he's not sleeping at night. Uh, Mm -hmm. I joke that, uh, and this has only happened a few times, like maybe about three or four times. And I'll wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh, you're you're awake and you're staring at me. She's like, (laughs) yes, you're awake. Can can we talk? And this is a... (laughs) And this is not a man who ever says, can we talk, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and I'm like, I feel bad because on one hand he's miserable and I'm like, I'm like, I'm getting another piece of you. This is amazing. And he's yeah. like, um, I am suffering. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, this is horrible. Like, this is I horrible. This. <laughs> because it's just, it's just, it's real. And it's like yeah. coming from inside you. So um, he's actually, you know, in one of those places right now. And, and, you know, I, uh, he has, to make some really big decisions mm-hmm. with his uh, business. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just like... You're loving like, it. I'm loving it. I mean, I'm, there's some of it's a little frightening, but I, I'm like, I, I'm just so glad that you have mm-hmm. so much to share right now. 
So mm -hmm. that's kind of when the nine and the nine can wake up by going to the six because so in that case he's under stress so he's going mm -hmm. to the six and he's mm -hmm. having a hard time making decisions yeah. and he's kind of ruminating mm -hmm. which sixes can do. Um, or they can go to a three and they can say, I've had my, my needs for peace met so well, mm -hmm. kind of like the threes going to six. Mm -hmm. I can, I can try on being a three and try on feeling kind of mm -hmm. like I'm uh, pretty special, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm pretty fantastic. I'm pretty capable, yeah. you know, um, he has those moments, those little moments and he mostly with me yeah. and it isn't in a, it isn't about like work or it's just mm -hmm. about like. Kind of like I can tell he feels kind of cute, you know yeah. what I mean? Which he doesn't ever think about himself that way. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I'm like, oh, look at you. You're feeling cute. How, how awesome is that? Yeah, yeah those glimpses. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. exactly. Well, Barb, this has been a fascinating and an amazing conversation for us. I mean, I can see how the Enneagram and understanding it. I, I don't know. I just feel like anything that can help you better understand people, yourself and people around you, it just makes for... A more peaceful existence i don't know I'm, i don't know how, how else to put it but it just makes the world a better place when we have understanding and compassion for each other and it seems mm -hmm. that this tool does that um the last thing i'll ask you is if someone is interested in the enneagram and i know that we are where can they go for more information or where what do you think are good steps for them to follow so they can do, uh, if they do a Google search, they'll find multiple schools. And I think I've, I've learned from other schools and conferences and think they're all wonderful. Mm -hmm. I know the most about the Enneagram Institute. So the Enneagraminstitute.com, mm -hmm. I think it's .com, um, which you can find if you just look for the Enneagram Institute. Um, Don Richard Riso has unfortunately passed uh, a few years ago. An, an a beautiful man. Um, Russ Hudson still does the work and has you know a whole team that does the work with him. And this book, there are lots of great books. The reason I, this is the first book I recommend to people um, is because it's a book that feels personal. There are books that can really teach you about the structure. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. This one does a little bit of that, but really is more personal, mm -hmm. like uh, built towards personal discovery. Mm -hmm. And this is called The Wisdom of the Enneagram okay. by Don Richard Riso and Russ Hudson. You can find it uh, usually in bookstores, in, sometimes in the psychology section, sometimes they put it in New Age. Okay, well, we'll um, link to it. And you can find it, of course, on Amazon. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pablo. Do you have any last questions? We apologize. Vicky's um, looking through her homework stuff. So you're hearing rustling of papers. No, but. I actually lo I loved the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much, Barb, for coming yeah. over. And thank you for chat. having me. Awesome. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. So what do you think of the interview? Oh my God. I think that Barb left me spinning with all the, first of all, I was just amazed by, I mean, I know I've, I've listened to her speak, you know, um, to other people about it and speak to me about it. So I know that she like carries all this information in her head at all times. But, and so I was so amazed by her in that aspect. Like, how can you carry all that information more? Yeah, and what I heard, like, uh, just, like, by listening to her, is she's, she's passionate. Oh, my God, yes. She's passionate the way she's expressing herself and the way she uh, connects the dots. Yes. It, it was just amazing. And the way she just threw herself into the work and into, and maybe it's a three thing, right? Um, but the way that she's just, like, totally taken to the Enneagram and is 
I don't know what the best word is for it, but devoted to this path. Yeah, like she's way beyond the textbook because yes. you, yeah, anybody can read a textbook, but she has like do the the work. Yeah, she has done the process. Oh yeah, you can tell that she just like understands it at a deep level mm -hmm. and i'm just like oh my god uh, when i grow up i want to be like barb like <laughs> i want to understand um personality and people at this deep level i mean i i was i, I was just she left me spinning yeah spinning and uh, uh another thing that i love about barb was like uh, the way she expressed um the the connection with the husband yeah because she is completely understanding Yeah. She completely understands and give uh, her husband like that freedom. Mm -hmm. His sovereign freedom of being who he is. Yes. And I think that's why um, I really wanted to do this interview and I wanted her to talk, to do it with us as a couple because I don't know. I don't know how you feel, Pablo. I mean, really tell us. Um, but I feel like the longer we're married, it's like I want. Um, It's like we're peeling away another layer and it's like learning more about each other and understanding each other. It's, I think maybe in the beginning of relationships, you feel like I want to change you and I can fix you and, and all these things. But it's really not about that. It's about, can I understand you? Mm -hmm. Can I, you know, can you help me to show me my, you know, uh, the places where I need to grow and can I can I show you the places where you need to grow but not in a I'm gonna change you way but yeah we're gonna partner in this together like with the understanding like like yeah here's my my shortcomings yeah the things that were the th yeah my shortcomings my weaknesses yeah per se and uh can you help me at least like not in the factual way but just by being understanding Yeah, it's there's such a deep level of understanding that I think I have now. Like, I really look for tools to help me have a deeper understanding and compassion for you and empathy instead of trying to push on you to make you change. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Because, yeah, like, I completely, completely believe that nobody can change anybody. Yeah. yeah the change has to be with, from within. Yeah. And you're either in this... Uh, but the significant other, in this case, like, you, plays a really big role mm -hmm. in being, like, you know, and mirroring the, the, the our weaknesses, mm -hmm. like, or, like, pinpointing to that mm -hmm. and, uh, and asking the questions that drives that self-curiosity in us. Yes, and I think that's the beautiful, um, or the aspect that Barb probably has mastered is helping people have that self-inquiry mm -hmm. because everything is in the delivery in relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everything is. I mean, I don't know what we were talking about last night and you told me, um, I don't know, you you gave it to me in a way that I was just like, ugh, I don't even want to talk to you anymore. Like, you know, I oh, get so yeah. turned off. And for me, I was like, what did I do? Yeah, exactly. Like, everything <laughs> is in delivery, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like she's really mastered. Uh, I'm really walking away with this idea of, It's about self-inquiry and how do I help you have your own self-inquiry mm -hmm. and 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 for myself have self-inquiry yeah. into what am I feeling mm -hmm. right now? The other thing was when she told me like like it's okay. Like it's okay for you to need validation. Mm -hmm. Like 
I don't know, like I was literally about to cry when she told me that. Yeah, because, because she was like, it's it's okay to feel that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just like we're humans still, in a way, we're, we're humans. Yeah, and I was just, because I, I think that for myself, I always like, like I'm like, oh, but I don't need that. You shouldn't need it. And she was just kind of like, but it's okay if you do. Yeah, it's like in a way saying you can still not neglect this physical being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's still a physical being. It's just like you cannot say, oh, it's not there. It is here. The flesh. Well, now you're going into like a whole other <laughs> direction because I feel like when I say I still need the outside val- uh-huh. validation that has nothing to do with my physical self, that's still like very much, that's like my ego. That's my ego that is saying that I need that. Yeah, is this uh, for me the way I see it is like the ego as, is not, as, to as, me the ego is not part of it. No, for me it's like a part of the form, the ego. For me, that that's okay. the way I see it. We speak different languages, yeah. obviously, on the ego, but um, but yeah, I was like, I don't know. There was a, in, I don't know, a deep sense of peace and forgiveness for myself when she said that. Yeah, and uh, I also love I love the fact that the book in the uh, enneagram is really honest to tell mm-hmm. you that your weaknesses. Because I uh, honestly believe that there is no merit, there is no evolution if everything is great. Yeah. If people just always tell you the good things that you want to hear, mm-hmm. how are you ever going to move forward? Yeah. So, like, you really felt like, oh, man, like, I want to know more because this thing seems like it's very truthful. Yeah, it might hurt, but mm-hmm. that's part of the process. Yeah. Yeah, if we want to, uh, to grow. Yeah, we need to start somewhere. And that's and, and, and the first step is by accepting accepting where we are, right? Like in, in, in emotionally, and physically. Well, Barb, you have just I don't know. You've really inspired us. Like I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna look up this diamond approach, and I'm gonna like. No, no, and I'm going to read about my my. <laughs> I I'm inconclusive. You're inconclusive. I know. I, am, you need I, to and I need to explore out. more on that. And you know what? I was actually really, really like taking everything in, even the conversation. Because even for a relationship, it's like, I was like, wow, this is like, we are insisting into a relationship. Mm -hmm. So it's becoming more, even more exciting. Yeah. 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 Maybe that's that's me because I'm so curious about like discovering new things and exploring those things. (laughs) Yes, that's your type. You're five. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. (laughs) Now you want to get all deep into it. See how you just reverted to your five self. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys so much. We hope you enjoyed this. And again, thank you so much to Barb um, for doing this amazing interview uh, with us. You've left us really inspired. See you guys next time. See you next time. Hasta la próxima. Hi. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and please leave a review. It is a super, super important in order to help spread the message. You can follow us, our parents on Instagram at iam.isenia at You can also subscribe to their newsletter on their website at somos-fathers.com. Gracias!